Hello. Hello. How are we? You're looking, gl- you're glowing, babes. It's because I'm sat right in front of a window. <laughs> but yeah, I feel really good. <laughs> Love it. It's not me. It's just, it's just good lighting. It's the lighting. And also I've micellar watered my face. It's a bit shiny right now because I've literally just washed it. So it's doing bits for me. <laughs> Love it. To be fair, I went, I got my makeup done yesterday. Dogs proper going off it. It's inside all day. Um, but yeah, I did my, my makeup yesterday with like the mat counter before my shoot. And you know, you have one of those days, and, like your hair, your, your face feels disgusting. Got all the comments like, "Oh, your skin looks well, nice." I'm like, "What are you? Am I looking at the same face right now?" Like, I feel like I've broken up massively under my chin. No, your skin looks really clear. This must be the lighting, babes. The lighting is doing us favors. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but how are we? How is yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, so I am, what am I now? Nearly four weeks post-show. Um, and I can't lie, I feel fantastic, to be honest. That's so good, because like a lot of, I'm not going to lie, you don't, I think sometimes you don't, you expect everyone to not feel good post-show. And I think that can happen, but it is nice and refreshing to hear that everyone, like someone, it, like you, it is good. So like, why do you think that is? Because it's your first like time coming out of this phase as well. So that can be a, quite a lot of, like to deal with as well yeah yeah I think um one of the main things that I did and I think that this helped me a lot post-show was I didn't expect anything I took all my expectations out of it and I didn't think about it at all I just thought if I start to worry about it and I worry that I'm gonna have a difficult time or I'm gonna struggle then I definitely will so I thought let me just pull myself away from that focus on the shows and then I just started thinking about like different things about post-show, like getting really excited for it. Um, so I think that's definitely helped, but like I, I haven't really, I feel bad when I say I haven't struggled because I know people do struggle, but I haven't struggled at all. Like I've I've loved every day of it and um, I'm just enjoying how I'm feeling right now because I was on a really long prep. I prepped from January all the way through until end of October. So the whole of this year, um so I think I was just ready for it ready for food ready to gain a bit of weight ready to enjoy training again and all that stuff so I think I'm just trying to pull all the positives out of it um so yeah I feel really good that's the best way to do it though like I've I've had post shows where it's been fabulous I've had post shows where it's not been fabulous um and I think it is a lot to do with mindset and for me it's a lot about like for me I found it's expectation like if you've got the expectation of like you've got to be perfect. I think for me, the expectation of being perfect post-show is just like the worst idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst idea on the planet. Like I feel like it just sets you up to like feel like you're doing something wrong when actually like it's just it's just chilling. I think it is accepting and as you say, like looking at the posters as well, I think it's really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, like um there was a really great post on Compact about it, like the positives of post-show. Um and I think people probably just get caught up in like worrying that it's gonna be awful that it takes away from the positives and then you can't see the positives when you're constantly worrying about how it's going to go. Um, and I think if you can look at it and get yourself excited, then you're going to set yourself up a little bit better. Obviously this is my first post-show. Um, so every post-show might be different. I might struggle in the future, but this time I've just enjoyed it and I've, I'm loving life <laughs> and the bagels that I'm getting to eat every day. <laughs> is it bagel thins or is it like AG? No. Bagels? full bagels I hate bagel things I feel like they're a waste of time they offend me <laughs> I love that I feel 
personally offended by all the things. Do you like single things? Um, I'll be honest, no. Like, <laughs> sometimes on prep, I'm like, oh, I really fancy bagel. Oh, it's fine. I have a bagel fin and it will just like satisfy me the same way. And I just, I just look yeah. at it. I'm like, ah, <laughs> no. Put on prep. When you get given a bagel thin on prep, it's like gold dust. And you're like, oh, yes. <laughs> but then when you get like more food in, you're like, I'm fucking looking at that bagel thin. Sorry, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> oh, I swear all the time, babes. Okay, that's all right then. <laughs> but this is why like my, I blame my mum for this because when I was a kid, she would like, stop trying to get me just to not swear but you know when it's one of those things when you try and stop your kid from doing something they just do it more yeah so it was just yeah i blame my mom for all my swearing so my mom's famous saying is stop fucking swearing that's what she always says <laughs> she's always said it and i don't think she realizes the the hypocrisy in it but she'll always say stop fucking swearing and i'm like like you're swearing and i try even my mom would tell me for saying like fucking and i'd be like bloody she goes it's still bad i'm like i don't care bloody yeah <laughs> absolute nightmare <laughs> so you prepped for a long time last time then that's january to october you don't hear that a lot so for people that are like not sure like what's the context like behind that because i think how you came into this is very i think it says a lot about like who you are now as a competitor so i, I want to like delve into that a bit more yeah, so I started prep in January um, and I prepped, I think it was a 38 week prep and then obviously the the two or three weeks to the final. So it might have ended up being 40 weeks. I haven't done the math on that. But yeah, I started in January at 194 pounds um, and my lightest um, in prep ended up being 133. So it was like a 62 pound prep. <laughs> um so yeah, I started with like, I guess people would say not the most optimal um, starting point for a prep. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of body fat and I knew that it would be a long prep, but I was determined to compete this year. Um, I had my heart set on it. Um, so I just said, I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. I'm just going to carry on. If it takes me nine months, it takes me nine months. And it nearly did take me nine months, but it was worth it. It took me more. 10 months <laughs> but yeah so it was a really long prep <laughs> did it feel like a long prep no it absolutely flew um that's the thing as well I think if you looked at it on paper you would probably say god she probably had an awful prep her start point she was carrying too much fat like blah 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 but I actually didn't I had a really good prep mm. um I didn't really struggle at all um, I only found it like difficult in terms of energy and training, like the last four weeks, the rest of the way through, I was like, I feel fine. I kept saying to one of my best friends, Hannah, I kept being like, I voice note her being like, oh, like, I'm just waiting for the day I wake up and it's really hard. And what if I can't do it? And she was like, I don't think it's coming for you. Like, you're fine. You're doing fine. And next thing you know, it, it was done. And I was like, oh, that just went quick. Love it. So the question I've got for you then is if you've gone like for, when I think about 194 pounds to 133 pounds, I've got this image of you having to do maybe a lot of cardio at the end and be quite low food. Because I guess there comes a point where like you've, you've maxed out, like you've tapped out on all your like resources, if that makes sense, or the tools in your toolbox. So like how was how was you able to do that with all the different tools that like you had, if that makes sense? Yeah, so um, because we knew we had a really long time, um, I should probably 
confirm this as well. My boyfriend is the one who coached me. Um, so I really wanted to like be involved in my first prep. Um, and obviously he loves me and I trust him. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him prep me. He really wanted to do it. He'll look after me um, and we can do it together. And I can then learn as well as we go through. Because I really wanted to understand like why we do certain things or why this happens or whatever, because I can then apply that to clients as well. Um, and in future, I think for future preps, knowing my body and how it works will help me with another coach. Um, so he prepped me um, and we started off because... Um, he was coaching me for a while before he coached me from when I met him. And what we did prior to starting prep was I basically just ate whatever the hell I wanted for about six months. Um, so I had zero appetite when I started prep because my food was really high. I had complete food freedom. Like I wasn't on a meal plan. I still ate like a bodybuilder. Like I still ate, I made sure I hit, hit my protein. I ate clean meals, but like if it was a Tuesday evening and I wanted a Domino's, I would have it. Um, so I think that massively helped because I had no food focus the whole way through prep because when I started, I was sick of food. Um, so that helped. Um, and we also like we would push me quite hard for two or three weeks and then do like a big high day of food where I would have like a five guys. And we started the the high days off um, being like 200 grams of carbs and seeing how I responded. And I just kept dropping weight. So it would just go up. And then it ended up being like every Saturday I'd have a high day. And the biggest high day I had was like eight, 900 grams of carbs. And I was still dropping weight. So I think it was just a case of knowing my body quite well and being able to fill me up. And then I would just push really hard during the week. And um, the highest my cardio got to was only for the last three weeks of prep. I was doing 80 minutes a day on the stairs. My food was, however, it was low. I was on protein only. So no carbs, um, trace fats. Um, and I was doing that for maybe the last 10, 12 weeks of prep. Four. Yeah. So that pulled off a lot of fat. Um, so I think that that worked quite well with me because when I was doing the high protein, I wasn't I wasn't hungry because the protein is so filling. And I was having like 200 grams raw weight protein per meal. So it's a lot. A lot. It was a lot of chicken and a lot of egg whites. So it was quite a lot of food. So I was, I was never like starving. You just, I just didn't have energy because the fats and the carbs will give you that. You don't get anything from protein, um, energy wise. So yeah, I think the way we structured it massively helped and the way we structured my diet, I think we just found a really sweet spot for what worked for me and uh, worked alongside my appetite and um, the high days helped with any food focus because it just completely eliminated all food focus. And that was, they were continuously thrown in. So I think it was just about us working really well together and finding something that works. So I never really got to a point where I was like, this is awful. <laughs> There's a lot of you said about like having like that high day. So for me, I find like having one high day doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Does that make sense? I need like, instead of having like one high day, I'd rather like split that high day across like maybe five to seven days. So like a full diet break, like week for me. But yeah. I, now I've done that, and because like the way that Joe did my prep last year, I'm like I don't know how I could do it any other way. Like I think for me personally, and I think you agree, like you need some, you can't just keep battering yourself constantly. You have to have that kind of like pause, and I think that pause is really important. And the people that I hear don't have the pauses at, at any point, whether it's a high day or whether it's like 
a diet break or a maintenance phase or whatever it is like I do think there's something to be said about like resting your body and from like a nervous system point of view as well like it helps you like keep having that getting that welly if that makes sense having more welly to yeah. like the next phase a million percent I think that um you see it a lot where girls are like I haven't had a high day or an off-plan meal or anything for this whole prep and when they get to the end of it they are absolutely battered and I think there definitely is a point for most people where a little bit more food can help from for loads of different reasons whether it's the mental break or whether it's giving the body a little bit more energy so they can actually push harder to then get a bit leaner so I think either a high day or you know where people maybe carb cycle so you do low carb high carb and um, there's loads of different ways to do it so I think finding what what suits you best and what works best is really important but I do think they're underutilized and I think it's a really really good way to do things and um, like when I got to the end of my prep everyone kept saying like I went to the um the PCA British finals to oh. collect my bikini from Black Ice. And I remember the girls of the Black Ice town being like, you look, you look really healthy. You don't look like you're on peak week. <laughs> so yeah, like, I just felt really good. Um, So I honestly don't, I don't know, but I think it was just the way we did it. It just worked really well for me. Um, And we worked really well as a team. And also obviously if you've been coached by a partner, so you know, when you're together, it works quite well because you can change things in real time. So, you know, if I got home from cardio in the morning and I looked absolutely beat up, Christy would be like, don't train today. And I, I wouldn't. And then the next day I'd wake up and be like ready to go. So I think that helped a lot. Mm. I, feel, it's in, I feel like quite a few people are starting to be coached by their partners now. I feel like I'm just like seeing it a lot more. I don't know. Like obviously Phoebe's now with like yeah. Nathan and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are doing it. And like, um, when I remember when I first met Christy, he took over coaching me straight away. Um, and I remember a lot of my friends being like, that is such a bad idea. That's going to be so bad. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be great. Um, and it was, it was great. And I wouldn't take the last year back for anything. I think we worked so, so well together. Um, and it was really nice having him in my corner and coaching me. I think if you can separate your relationship from the coaching side of things, then it can work really, really well. But obviously there are downsides as well. Like we ended up feeling like by the end of prep, like all we talked about was prep and my shows mm -hmm. and stuff. And it did get a bit like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over so we can stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, some of the responses I had from like, I wouldn't say like my, my normal friends, like people outside of competing, but people that like didn't know me or Joe very well and not in the industry, you could tell there was a bit of like a, oh, like, they, I think the perception I got, or the vibe I was getting from some people was that they thought Joe coaching me would be like him controlling me. Yeah. I mean, from my outside of perspective, you can kind of see potentially where someone could see like they like your boyfriend or husband being your coach being a controlling thing because they like they're telling you what's doing you're doing it but it's like this is my like I can choose not to follow that plan if I really fucking want to <laughs> yeah Do you know what I mean um yeah. but I think it's like but then it made me got me thinking about like the level of trust I think you need to have like in a relationship because I think god I thought oh god if I had in my previous relationships um the ones that were controlling I thought god that could have gone fucking horribly wrong but it's a you know it's a good thing that the relationship I have now like it's not controlling we have the level of trust do you know what I mean and all that sort of stuff yeah, um, yeah and I'm sure as well to a certain extent it wasn't even like yeah he's coaching you but I'm sure that you had 
you were able to voice opinions and give inputs and like communicate on things as well same like you would with another coach I think when you are coached by anyone it's definitely a relationship um no matter who coaches you there's back and forth there's discussions and um, you have to be able to tell them everything and be able to say how you feel about certain things um so yeah I find it strange that people thought like it was a controlling thing but I guess I guess if they're not like into bodybuilding you could probably look at it like that like I guess if I told like my hairdresser yeah, my boyfriend tells me everything to eat and tells me how much cardio I need to do. She'd probably think that is fucking weird. Yeah, like I, and it's funny because I think if I would a few years ago or even like before bodybuilding, I would have seen so that and gone, oh, that's fucking controlling because of my past like relationships with being yeah. controlled and stuff. But it's my ways now. I'm just like someone telling me to eat food or like do like the thought of me saying like doing what Joe would tell me to do when I first got with him would be a fucking disaster. I'd be like. Bitch, please, what? I'd be like, no, <laughs> drug independent woman. I'd be that dickhead that would just like go against it all the time just to be an arsehole. I'm like, I need to stop this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was quite, I was quite good to be fair. Like any, like anything Christy said, I'd just be like, okay. Even if I didn't want to do it, like sometimes when you give me a high day, I remember the first really high day I had, like 700 grams of carbs. I was like, you're fucking insane. I'm like 16 weeks out, and you want me to eat all this food in one day? Are you okay? And I didn't want to do it. But I did do it. And every time I did something that I didn't want to do just because I trusted him, it, it always worked out perfectly. And then eventually I stopped kind of like even thinking about it. I just be like, you know what? He's always right in this situation. So I'm just going to do what he says. <laughs> in other situations, you're not right. But in the situation, you are right. I always say that. Like, only, only in that situation. In every other situation, I am always right. Yeah, let's make this perfectly crystal clear, hun. This yeah. is the situation that like, you are correct. Everything else, I'm always correct. Literally, yes. <laughs> love it. <laughs> One thing I want to mention, and you've put it on, you, I love the reels that you do and like how you've spoken about this in the past, but you were told by someone that you would never be able to step on stage. And I think <laughs> that's like, it's mad. It's I, in the nicest way. I'm not surprised because like I got told things when I first got into this industry and they were quite difficult to like deal with. Um, and I think it's a hard one when you have got, you know, when you, when someone looks at you, when you first come industry in the industry and on paper, you don't look like the normal athlete or the person all oh, they've got potential they can't see past where your starting point is I think some people come into the industry with a starting point potentially that appears to be closer to what the ideal is whereas I can relate a lot to what happened with you because I felt like a lot of I got like a lot of that sort of like vibe and even when I did a, a prep a little while ago well 2018 I got told oh you look like skin and bows on stage like I don't think you've got the structure for bikini I don't think you've got the structure for like competing you're just gonna look like a stick and I was just like what <laughs> like it just it baffled my mind and it, it I, I don't know if it fucked with your head but it really got me thinking god like is this the right thing like for me um so I really like, if you're open to it, I really wanted to like delve into that topic because I think a lot of people would probably be able to relate and be like you know what I don't look like my starting point is similar to maybe like Nadia's or like Jasmine's and that sort of stuff. And like, I can actually go into this. It's just choosing the right people. And like, if you do come across someone that's that's saying that, just going, okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. And then like stepping away. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. I think, um, I mean, there's like 
a lot I could talk about about how I started out with bodybuilding and stuff but like I think that because of exactly what you said like I didn't look like someone who could ever compete I had never been lean before the only thing that I had that you know equated me to a bodybuilder was that I was I loved training and that I was strong um and I could I could see the structure of what I wanted which was the the shape of a figure competitor I could see that but I didn't feel like anybody else could so for a long time I didn't even have the confidence to say out loud that that was what I wanted because I thought people are just gonna laugh at me um and I remember telling like a couple of my friends um Ryan Kirkham was one of the first people I told. I know your friends as well. <laughs> one of the first people that I like openly told. And I was in a group chat with he, him and one of my best friends, uh, Liam Rawls, who did the first timer show with me. And Liam said, I don't think you have the genetics for that. But what what I took that out was, what I took that as was, you're too fat. You don't look like anything. Um, so obviously we're still friends and I didn't take offense to it. I just thought, this is how people look at me because this is what I look like. And people are going to constantly say that to me until I show them otherwise. Mm -hmm. So every time someone said something like that to me, it pushed me further. It didn't make me want to stop. It made me want to do it even more because I thought, fuck you, you're going to eat your fucking words and I'll do it anyway. Because at the end of the day, not everyone is going to believe in you and not everyone is going to see your potential. And that can be applied to everything in life. Um, So yeah, I, Eventually, I got a coach. Um, I had a coach anyway, but um, I decided I wanted to um, get coached by someone who um, dealt solely with competitors. Mm -hmm. So, got a coach, and this like, and the thing as well is like, I'm not, I'm not upset that he said that to me. I'm not upset that he told me I couldn't do it. None of that, and I wasn't at the time. I was just a bit like, okay, sound, and I left it. But yeah, he basically said like, look, I don't think that this might not be the right thing for you. I feel like you maybe are just one of these people who won't be able to get shredded. Um, so, you know, I know how much you want this, but maybe it's just, maybe you should just find something else to do or reconsider because, you know, basically I'm I'm wasting my time. Um, when he said that to me, I was very upset because I looked up to him a lot, an awful lot. And I was like, oh, like I've been doing this the last three years of my life. Has this just been a waste of time? Because everyone thinks I can't do it. So maybe I can't do it. Had a cry about it. Um, and then I spoke to a couple of other coaches and just explained my situation. Like, did they think I could do it? Um, and one person I spoke to was Josh McHale and he actually gave me, uh, I gave him my number and he rang me, told him like how I was feeling and stuff. And he was like, you absolutely cannot give up on this because you can do it and you do have the right shape. You know, yeah, you're carrying a bit more body fat and that's fine. The, that will come so just don't don't give up just carry on and I was like okay I'm gonna carry on um, and then I met Christy and Christy took over and um, the thing about Christy is when I first met him like we started chatting we met on Instagram um, and one of the first things he said to me was like oh do you compete and I was like no one's ever said that to me before because I do not look like a bodybuilder and he was like, oh, have you competed before and stuff? And I was like, no, but I, I want to next year. I've been working the last three years to grow enough to get to that point. And he was like, you've got an amazing potential. And we met, he took over my coaching and his belief in me and the fact that other people didn't, it just kind of like everything, it was a series of events that just continuously spurred me along. And I think the reason I was so successful this year in my prep is because I finally had somebody who believed in me 
even more than I did myself and also helped me believe in myself more. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers the question. I feel like I've gone off on a, no, on a there. I love that. I like, I, I love all that. And it, the main point I've got was like, it's, you just need, you just need, you just want one person, don't you? You really just want one person just to give you that, just to open that door a little bit, be like, go on, you can come in. Like, and I think, and in that situation, a lot of people would just like for just not bother. They wouldn't do it because there is this pressure. And I think a lot of people don't start things and don't do things is because of what other people are saying like to them. And when yeah. you kind of like, like when I started like compact when I wanted to do a podcast and no one was doing them, like all this stuff, you have to. It's really hard to go against the grain with that when you when in your head you've got your own like doubts and insecurities but then you've got people that are openly saying those insecurities back at you and you're like oh okay maybe this is actually like truth maybe they have maybe that they are right so it I think it's it is so true that you just need like one person to actually be like your hype person yeah and I think as well one of the most important things is like you have sometimes you have to be that for yourself like sometimes the only person that's going to hype you up and make sure that you carry on is going to be you like I was really lucky that I had Christy and my best friend Hannah they were the two people who like continuously said to me that you're going to do it and you're going to be great so whenever I had any like self-doubt moments I was able to talk to them about it but deep down I like really believed that I could do it like I really did and like you could scroll back on my Instagram maybe two years ago, even longer. And I was posting check-in pictures at like 190 pounds. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I know people are looking at me and saying she's never going to do that. But I thought, I don't care. You can just watch it unfold. So I think deep down, I always thought, yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, And I think the self-doubt is what's going to kill any of your dreams. Because if you have even a small bit of like, belief in what the other people are saying if you believe that you can't do it I think it stops you from pushing yourself to do it because you're not going to give it a hundred percent if there's a part of you that thinks you won't achieve it anyway so I think you have to have like you have to just be true to what you want to do and believe in yourself even if it's just a little bit just enough to get you over the over the line over the line yeah hundred percent with that the next thing I wanted to talk about and it's something that you've said a couple of times when we've spoken, and I found it very refreshing, is that you enjoy having more fat on you. You yeah. enjoy being bigger. You are happy. Like you are happy. You were happy when you were 194 pounds, and you're happy with post-showing. And I wanted to delve into that more, especially with this time of year. Is why is that? Why do you think that is? Um, I don't actually know. So when I started prep, like I, I, you've seen my reels, I'll share my start point of prep and my end point. But I think sometimes people will um, look at that and think, oh, she's sharing it because she's like, look how bad I looked and now look how good I look. But it's not. It's literally just me showing the hard work that I've done. And yeah, it's impressive. 60 pounds of body fat for a show. That's cool. But that's not me saying I looked bad to begin with. I thought I looked great. I was in the gym on Saturday and I was talking to one of my friends about this and I was like I thought I looked sick 194 pounds I I like feeling strong um I 
I wore whatever I wanted. Like I still wore like bodycon dresses and stuff at that weight. Um, and you could scroll from Instagram and see me out at Christmas parties wearing like tight black dresses and stuff. And I just didn't, I never like, even Christy used to say to me, like, I, I never ever sat there in January and had at any point and was like, oh, look at my stomach or like, look how fat my arms are. Or like, I just never did that. I never like body check. Um, and I didn't do it through prep either. So this is something I discussed with my friend. Like, I I think I got to like three weeks out and I was saying to Hannah, like, I don't like look at my physique. So I don't even think I really know what I look like. I don't like in the mirror constantly check. Like, yeah, I've got, I recorded a couple of videos of like maybe post cardio if I saw like a bicep popping or my triceps and I'd be like, oh, fucking hell, that looks different. But I might not have looked at myself in like a week other than my check-in pictures. Um, So I think... For me, because of how I started and I spent a lot of my bodybuilding journey, which I would say is like four years now, not being lean, I'm comfortable not being lean because I've I've, I've just always been that weight. Um, I feel most confident when I'm strong and I enjoy being able to go out for food. I like eating. I like being able to lift heavy weights um and all of that stuff so that's the part of bodybuilding that I love I loved the prep and I love show day and I love all of that but you spend a lot of time more time being heavier in bodybuilding than you do lean mm. so there's no point in not enjoying your life when you're lean and you know you can still wear whatever you want I think it's just perception how you view yourself mm. um and I think with gaining weight post-show I think other people are more bothered about how much weight you've gained than, than you should be or are yourself. Mm -hmm. I think if other people didn't care, then we wouldn't care. Yeah. I think it's just you. I think a lot of people will be worried about what other people will say. Like, oh, she's gained a load of weight. Like, what will my friend think when I go and see her? I haven't seen her in two weeks and I've gained 12 pounds. Is she going to comment on it or whatever? Whereas I'm just like, if people tell me that I've gained weight, I don't care because I have, you know? Yeah. What was you like as a teenager with your weight and your body image? So this is the thing. I was always uncomfortable with how I looked. Always. Growing up, yeah. Growing up, I always felt like like the fat, unattractive friend. I didn't have boyfriends through school, um, all the way through college. I never had a boyfriend. Like, all of that stuff. And I had really, really um, low self-esteem, low confidence, Um when my mom came to my mom came to the the FedEx show my whole family came from Ireland um, and they watched the live stream of the PCA first timers and my mom was like it blows my mind to see you out on stage in a bikini like doing a routine looking so happy when I remember you as a teenager like you wouldn't even go into the shop on your own and I wouldn't like I remember we'd go to the shop and I'd be like you have to come in with me because like I wouldn't have the confidence to go into the shop on my own um so I don't think it was until I moved to the UK, I was like 19, I moved on my own, that um, I decided like, right, I'm going to stop feeling like this about myself. I'm going to do something about it. And I joined a gym when I was like 20, um, started weight training and stuff. And I think it's just my confidence just grew from there. Like I found something that I enjoyed that I was good at because I've always felt like I'm good at training. I was like naturally strong um I loved being in the gym and I think my confidence grew from there but I also worked on myself an awful lot you know I've been to therapy I've got a mindset coach um I've done a lot of like internal reflection and 
you know, figuring out why I feel the way I do and why I view myself like that. Um, and a lot of it wasn't me or how I looked. It was just how I viewed myself because of other things. So I think a lot of those things combined, you know, finding the gym, finding my independence, figuring out who I am as a person, what my values are, um, therapy, and like a lot of work on myself has got me to this point now where I'm like, I can be happy at 180 pounds, 190 pounds and 130 pounds because I'm still the same person regardless of what I weigh. Yeah, I was thinking about this with um this or oh, every off season when I get to like the 160 pounds plus, I have a meltdown. I'm just like, ah, ah, panic mode, panic mode. It literally is like a red flag in my head going, what's going on? And I was like, oh, fucking hell. And I thought, right, I need, to, I felt like I was spinning my wheels like so much because I wasn't like, I wasn't progressing much in my offices I probably should do. I'm like, right, I just sat myself down, generally sat myself down with Zeus sitting next to me. And I was like, right, Zeus, we need to fucking talk. Like, that's what I ended up doing. If I have to I need to have a deep talk, I have a talk talk with Zeus. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, why am I getting myself? And I had to really, like, you know, like, Rob Black, like, he's like, it's like, ask why, ask why, 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 why. And I think for me, what I had done without realizing is associate is I linked my being 160 pounds plus 170 pounds plus to bad bad times in my life and I didn't realize I'd done that link but I think for me it's like I know that I've I know now that I can be 160 pounds plus and I can be happy but I don't think I realized that because every time I was 160 pounds or 170 pounds I was going through like such a shit time in my own personal life and I'd linked it I'd I'd linked it to close when actually as you say like you could be you can be whatever way and you can be happy or sad like it's it happens like alongside each other but it doesn't have it doesn't happen being stuck to each other does that make sense yeah yeah and I think as well it's definitely worth noting like just because I'm saying that I, I'm happy or confident or comfortable at those weight. That doesn't mean that I won't have days where I feel a bit gross. Mm. Like, you know, people, I think it's really important that, as, especially as females, that we accept that some days you're not going to feel comfortable or confident in your body because you've got so many hormones going around. And that's why. And also you've got other things like stress. Maybe you have an argument with your boyfriend. Maybe your family pissed you off. Like, there's different things that are going to affect your mood, even down to like how much sleep you got. Like you can wake up and be like, I feel disgusting today. And that's normal. But I think if you can just tell yourself like, mm, this is just how I'm feeling today. It doesn't mean that that's how I look or that's the facts. It's just how I feel. And let like let that feeling settle. Be okay with it. And be like, I'm just going to throw on a baggy t-shirt today. And then tomorrow you'll probably wake up and feel completely different. Um, But it's, like you feel like that on prep too when you're shredded like there were days on prep where I was like I feel disgusting in how I look today like it happens but for the majority of the time I feel fine um you're not always going to feel great even when you're like 10% body fat and I think people think when you're shredded you feel great about yourself all the time when in fact I looked I think I had more bad body image days when I was lean because you're constantly looking for more whereas when you're in your off season you get to like not constantly look for more in your physique. You get to just accept your physique. And I think that's what I love about being a little bit heavier, mm. you know, it's like accepting it. Like you're not constantly striving for more shreds, for more veins, for more muscle to pop. You just wake up every day and you just are, and you can just be. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. definitely it's funny with me right so like this off season I felt like it probably felt the best I felt with like my body image like in natural in normal clothes and mountain about I'm just like I'm not bothered but for some reason I found that like once I got like I had to do a check-in with Joe I was like oh like I felt my headspace like shift slightly I even doing like the shoot with AK yesterday there was a couple of top moments and I was like oh oh I'm feeling I I just could I like could just notice these like feelings of like thoughts and like that kind of like what I call my my competitor panic mode where I go oh that competitive mind is going to think like I should I shouldn't do this or I look like this and I was like had to really like try and like rein it in so I think it is like it, it's a I think it is a, a technique to kind of learn what is the feeling what is the thought and like for me I always go okay is this like competitor jasmine is is this good competitor jasmine like well compare what bodybuilding competing can do for me in a positive way or is this what competing and bodybuilding kind of like potentially triggers like a past thought that is actually quite like like damaging and maybe that's something that i need to like delve into and figure out a bit i think for me i don't tend to get those answers until i get myself into an off season because it allows you for me it allows like space to have those thoughts and to think about them. Whereas when you're on prep, you're focused, you're laser focused, you're not fucking thinking about much else. Whereas off season, I think, allows you to kind of like work through those things. And I think that's when off season can be like a really positive thing. And for me, I think it's why I've been able to stay in the industry, <clears throat> excuse me, for such a long time. Because yeah. I've not just constantly gone, okay, that's an issue. I know that's a problem, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to think about it or work on it I'm just going to put myself into another prep because I don't want to think about it and it's like that's yeah. the worst thing that's something for me I think bodybuilding like it damages it, it can potentially have that damaging limitation when actually it can do the complete opposite and I think for me this off season I've like oh I feel like I've finally I haven't fucking nailed it all and I haven't got all the answers but I feel like for me I've got the answers that I've needed and I've needed to work through instead of just oh let's just go into a diet or let's just go into a prep I'm like no Jasmine just actually sit here and like think about this stuff and work on this stuff and allow this is why there's the off season this is why like do you know I mean this this part I think the phase this phase is very important especially in post show as well like you're gonna have a lot of thoughts and a lot of like crazy things going on inside your head sometimes it's like allow this to come out because I think if you don't address it or think about it have the self-awareness like you have like have done I think that's when you're gonna swing one way and swing completely the other way and it's generally like it's gonna really hit you I think mentally yeah yeah I think like even though this is my first um reverse and my first post show um I've still been like I've been working towards this time for a long time and also working on like just like mentally like my mindset and stuff like that um for the last four years to just be an all-around like understand who I am and why I do the things I do or why my brain works the way it does or why I think certain things so I think that that's just helped me a lot um and I think it's something that a lot of people could benefit from like taking some time to like just figure out why you think certain things or why you respond certain ways to certain things. Or like, you know, if you don't like gaining weight post-show, why, why do you feel like that? How does it make you feel about yourself? And what are the thoughts that it makes you think? And then, then you can kind of like 
just break everything down and be like, okay, now I understand why I feel like that. It's actually got nothing to do with my weight. It's because of this or because of that. So I think just, yeah, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, no, it does. Like I've, I don't know. I've been in a way, because I, I think I'm like considering like competing next year. I've just been like having a lot of like, hmm, so what have like, for me, I've like assessed like my off season, like what's been good? What have I like learned? What have I brought in? Like, do you know what I mean? Even like the little thing for me, I could never like have packets of stuff in my house. I could never have done it. And for yeah. me, in the past, it would have been like, do you know what? I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sort that thing out. I'm not going to sort out that that issue I've got. Like, is it 100% nailed? No, but I'm fucking so much far ahead. And it's because I've actually like stayed in the off season, committed to the off season. So going, shit, I can't deal with that packet. I'm just going to diet because then I restrict myself. I'm like, no, Jasmine, like this is just like fucking backwards. Like this is the reason why people get fucked like with compete. That's why it can like, it masks things. So I thought, no. Yeah. Stay in this fucking off season, Jasmine. Don't start because I remember like I felt a bit poorly and I lost it away. And Joe's like, "Oh, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to just go into a diet?" And I was like, "No, no," because I knew <laughs> I knew I was gonna say diet. I was like, "No, we're sticking to off season." He's like, "Okay, Jasmine," but yeah, I, I always find them very reflective. Like during this post show off season size, I think prep it taps like a part of your brain that I don't think you can access. For me, yeah. like, it makes me very like self-reflective. I think she spent a lot of time yourself, and I think that's yeah. kind of, like bodybuilding. It I don't know. It it can help you if you like a if you allow each phase to do what it needs to do instead of trying to like resist it. I think that's where like a lot of people, and I've done it in the past. Where like I've tried to resist these phases and just wanted one phase. And actually, no. Like if you're going to do bodybuilding, you've got to accept each phase and what it gives you and what it challenges you to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think being able to pull out the positives from each phase, because there's pros and cons to everything in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's definitely huge positives to prep and what you get out of it. And But there's massive positives to the off season and what you can get out of that, too. Yeah. So what are your plans going forward then? So um, I do want to I do want to compete in 2023, um, but I am very much taking it like one month at a time and just seeing how my off season goes and um, I've had a really good reverse um, I'm still not in my off season yet I'm still in my like recovery phase you know reduced volume and stuff just kind of getting rid of the fatigue of like a 10 month prep basically but I've been very lucky in that I kind of I'm bouncing back quite well like I feel good my sleep's good my food's nice and high so by I go to Dubai on Wednesday so yeah. I'm gonna have a nice, yeah nice little holiday um, and then when I come back, um, I think it'll be time to start my off season. So like really push food, push training. And just depending on how it goes, if I feel like I've grown enough in the time, then I want to try and go for the PCA British finals next year because I didn't do them this year. Um, and I would love to to step on a PCA stage again. Um, so that is the like temp- or the temporary plan. Um, but if I start to diet down and I don't feel like I've improved enough, like in terms of growing, then I'll just go back into my off season and I'll compete in 2024. Um, but the long term goal for me is going to be um, NPC shows. So that is where I want to go. I want to move across to NPC figure. Um, and I want to just do some. I want to compete abroad. I want to travel. I just want to get as much out of bodybuilding as I can, like experience wise. Um, so there's loads of shows abroad I'd love to do, like the Amateur Olympia in Portugal or Alicante, um, Muscle Contest in Ireland I would love to do. So they're like my long-term goals, but I am still quite small. <laughs> 
So I'm probably going to take a, a couple of years until I get to that point, but I'm not not in any rush. I love that. Oh, so would, would you be, so if you're originally from Ireland, would you have to do a regional or would you be able to boycott that? I don't know. So this is what I need to find out because I am Irish and I have an Irish passport. So I don't know whether I can just go to Ireland and just do the muscle contest. Hmm. So I don't know, but I need to look into it. Um, You've got a British passport as well. No, Irish. Yeah. I don't know how it bloody works, to be honest. I don't no, understand. neither do I. But yeah, I'd love to do those shows. I just think, like, might as well, like, have a bit of fun. Like, you know, go and do different shows. And everyone, I, when I see people competing abroad, I'm like, oh, it just looks so fun. Get a little holiday out of it. You know, broaden your horizons. Go get get on a, get on the beach post-show and all that. That's <laughs> the thing. If you get the serotonin dump like post-show just like literally you're still you won't feel it because you'll just be on a beach you're like ah this is nice this is nice yeah yeah so I think that'll be fun do you know what for me I feel like next year I don't know about you I feel like I think I'm used to do the off-season I'm used to not spending my money on competing and I'm like oh my god (laughs) yeah I mean look behind me like I spent a lot of money on competing this year I did not need three bikinis no I did I did need three bikinis but I did not need them, but I did. I <laughs> you know? Got, it's like you've got like the colour palette. It's like you're going through the colour wheel. You've got red. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just love them so much. That's staple. where they live. They're staple colours though. That's the good thing. You went for very staple, good colours that can kind of yeah. work with like any fed, pretty much. Yeah, like primary colours. Yeah. Um, and I also got all um I didn't get thongs because PCA is the only fed you can wear a thong with. Um, so for any girls that are thinking of doing figure a category and you want to compete across different feds then don't get a thong bottom. Um, so I was able to wear mine for FitX and if I do an NPC show, I can also wear them. So I can use them for however long I need. Easy. I've, um, I saw Phoebe and Phoebe Goodwin and Emma Thackeray yesterday for food. I was like, right, Phoebe. I was like, you need to teach me how to do makeup. We're gonna do it. I'm gonna you have to teach me. I'm gonna have to le- I'm gonna learn how to do my own hair. I was like, I'm not gonna be that person that's like being lazy. <laughs> Cause I feel internationally, if I've like if I've learned anything from what people have said, is you have to be prepared to like potentially do your own makeup, do your own hair, like just have that skill set in your back pocket just in case something happens. Whereas like I'll be honest, if my tan messed up, I'll I'll just whack some proton on me. I'll be fine. If my makeup went wrong or my hair went wrong, I, I'd, I, I'd tap out. I'd just get the next flight home. I'd be like, nah. Yeah. yeah, I said to Christy, like I said, moving forward, I'll do my own hair and makeup. Um, I loved my makeup that the girls did for me at the PCA and the FitX, but I did. That was the one thing that I didn't enjoy about show day was like rushing to appointments. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to chill and like. Yeah you know, not have to go from one place to another to another. And um, I curled my hair for one show and then the other two, I just had it straight and I actually preferred my hair just like sleek straight and I'll probably always have my hair like that when I compete. Um, Same with makeup as well. Like the girls who did my makeup were like, are you sure you don't want like anything like more or like whatever? I was like, no, just a smoky eye, like nothing over the top. Like my makeup was so simple. Like I, I could probably just learn how to do it myself you know um so I think I'll do the same as you I'm gonna like practice or get someone to teach me how to do like makeup and blend it with my tan and stuff and then I'm just gonna do my own yeah I think I'm gonna have to definitely do a few practice ones my god but... yeah do... <laughs> Joel come home one day and you... 
he'll be like up to your neck in protan stage makeup he'll be like what the fuck's going on do you know what's the thing is that joe is colorblind he'd probably notice something's off but he wouldn't be able to figure out what is off because he can't <laughs> color so he'd be looking at me like oh, why she's so dark <laughs> i put protan there i did protan um the ak shoot i just i just love a protan base coat like it's such you a can teach style. me how to do tan because i cannot if if i didn't have someone to do my tan for me i'd probably have a heart attack i've never worn fake tan ever what no never not the only thing that i ever wore was growing up do you remember sally hansen no oh my god maybe this okay so maybe irish girls listening to this will know what that is but like we were obsessed with it in school it was like this spray i think you can still get it in booths <laughs> and it literally goes it goes on like foundation and um i would just spray sally hansen on my legs and that would be it i wouldn't do my arms or anything oh my god so i don't know how to tell myself like i would not know where to start i'm gonna have to search this on google sally Sally Hansen. Okay, we've got Sally Hansen nail polish, apparently. Miracle gel, airbrush legs. Airbrush legs, that was the ghost. Yeah, that's it. It was like orange, like foundation. It was thick and cakey, just how you want your tan. It's incredible in boots. I've never seen this tan in my life. Oh, I honestly, it was like you like you put it on and it was like your, your legs have been airbrushed. It was amazing. <laughs> dying. I'm dying. <laughs> Stop, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a no makeup no tan person so like i just wouldn't know where to bloody begin this is how i look all the time even if i was going out <laughs> I don't know, babes, it's fine it's the lion but yeah. one of those things that i've never ever clocked in boots but now the next time i go into boots and be like oh my god it's there it's been there the whole time but i've not known you're gonna have to buy it you're gonna have to buy it and just tip honest it'll be on the compact website before you bloody <laughs> know it you'll be selling sally hansen for show day <laughs> oh i think it could be a vibe okay look it's fine i'm really tempted to get a bottle to try on again just to see what it compares like to when i was about 16 because i haven't used it in that long but i remember it being epic and i can guarantee you it is probably shit (laughs) it was like st marais st marais is that what you call it oh yeah you can get that in pennies primark the bottle i love that you guys on about that I love that you guys call it pennies. It's brilliant. Oh my god! Yeah, like I call it. I I call it Primark most of the time, um, because I've been here for so long. There are so many things that I say now that are like English, and then when I go home and I say it, my mom's like, "You f- who fucking are you? You'd never say that. You'd never call it that." <laughs> I did not bring you up to say that. Yeah, so yeah. I've been here for a long time, so it's rubbed. Everything's rubbed off on me. God, the fact you were nervous about this podcast, man. You've not acted nervous at all. <laughs> so I've actually done a few podcasts and every podcast I've done, before I go on, I'm like, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> because you because you talk openly, don't you, on a podcast? That's the thing. So I think, I, I don't know, I always feel like, do I need to think about what I'm going to say? But I am very much that person where I just say whatever's on my mind anyway, so... It always works out okay. How bad? Because you're like, what topics are you going to talk about? I was like, babe, I don't plan. I don't plan. You see, the topics. I was like, topics. I was like, do I need? I need to take notes just in case. <laughs> it's funny because people generally. I'm like, don't think I'm being unorganized. It's just the way my brain works. Like, if I plan too much, like I, I start to get nervous. Yeah. Looking at my sheet, going, shit, what have I got? What have I got? And then I'm not focusing on like the conversation. 
but honestly one thing i will say as well is like you know that whole journey that i've had in bodybuilding and like you know people telling me that i look like nothing like this whole time i've been following like compact this podcast like girls like you know aaron thompson ria gale like girls that like i massively look up to so to have had the year that i've had and to come out of it like being a compact athlete and being on this podcast feels like a massive pinch me moment like it just feels like my whole life's just come full circle and like honestly I can't thank you enough for like having me on the podcast and stuff because the amount of times I've been like you know on my walks listening to this and thinking like one day I'll be one of those girls like you I can't even explain to you so yeah it's just a huge 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 thing for me and it means like everything so thank you (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I did watch like your YouTube video and get a bit emotional. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, honestly. the like bloody reaction video like a million times. And that song, I'm like, that's like your girl song now, 100%. Yeah, honestly, uh, like that was just such an amazing day. And the fact that my whole family was there because, and like all my close friends, because they know like the journey that I've had and stuff. And like for me, all the things I've achieved this year are things that like, not only did no one ever, like loads of people tell me I couldn't do, but I never thought were possible. You know, I just thought the the biggest thing for me would be like, if I can just fit in on a figure stage, that was like all I wanted to do. And just for people to look at me and be like, oh, she is a, she is a figure competitor. That was all I wanted. So to have that and all these other amazing things that have happened. It's just like, I literally couldn't have asked for a more amazing year. Like, I'm just so happy. So, yeah, and you've played a huge part in that. So thank you. I hope peace. I hope someone else listened to this is like where you are like now, but where you were last year and yeah. like repeats it. I think- yeah, I had them, a couple of girls DM me being like, um I swear to God saying off the back of that reel the other day being like I I look how you looked then I look like that now and I want to compete and I'm going to go for it and I'm just like that makes me so happy because I know how they will feel and they'll be looking at you know people like us and being like oh I hope one day I can get there but no one's going to take me seriously and hopefully this will open people's eyes to what I've achieved and be like you know what if someone says they want to do something then give them the opportunity and you know allow them to give it their best shot because you never know I and mean, you could miss something fucking great just because you can't see past what they look like now 100 i see you never you can never ever underestimate anyone in this sport and everyone's a dark horse i love yeah. a, I, me i i love supporting an underdog i love a dark horse that's just me yeah. i think because i was like that when i came into the around i'm like yes girls let's guys let's go like <laughs> yeah it just shows though. It just shows. Um, right, you know the last question, and I hope you've planned it or you're fired. I actually have I actually haven't because I didn't know I didn't know what I was gonna feel or wanted to say at the time. So ask me because I actually don't know how to answer this one. But yeah, we'll we'll give it a best shot. <laughs> okay, right, babes. What makes you not just a figure athlete? Boom, did it, said I figure <laughs> and what? So what makes me not just a figure athlete? Like, I think just there's so much, there's so much more to me than just being a figure athlete. And I think I've spent most of my time in bodybuilding, not even really feeling like a figure athlete. I just felt like 
a normal person, a normal girl who just had really big goals and I just wanted to work hard and achieve them. Um, so I guess now I am a figure athlete. I'm also so much more than that, you know. Um, I'm someone who sets a goal, puts their mind to it and achieves it. I'm a hard worker. I'm a friend. I'm a girlfriend. I like socializing. I like going out. I'm a coach. I'm loads of things. And I think that that's the really great thing about bodybuilding is bodybuilding can be all consuming and it can be your whole life. But for the most part, there are so many other things that, you know, will make you a better bodybuilder that are outside of bodybuilding. So, yeah, I think I'm a figure athlete, but I'm also, you know, a normal person and I'm a lot of other things as well. And I think that will probably mean that I can be a good figure athlete because I have other things in my life that I enjoy and that I want to do. So does that answer the question? Actually, fair. I hit, I list, I ask that question quite a lot, and that's I say that's top five responses. Top five responses. Yes. That's <laughs> it, base. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. I've honestly loved it. Thank you for having me. Welcome. If you haven't already, then go ahead and connect with Nadia. I know you would. She, she would appreciate you reaching out if you have like if something that she said or what we've said is like resonated. Um, and I hope there's a lot of like dark horses slash underdogs listening to this podcast that like come out of the woodworks. If you're one of them, this is your sign to like come out of the woodworks because yes. me and me and Nada can just be your hype girls and it'd be great. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, see you guys in the next episode.